In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Oh, see, it's weird. Now we're on. Right, right, we're on. This is it. All right. First time. First this time. Is this is Welcome to Comic Exposure, yeah. everyone. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. Comic Exposure. It's Josh, welcome to Comic Exposure. Hi. Travis, <laughs> welcome to Comic Exposure. Welcome. Welcome here. So, this is this is number one, so I figure we should probably tell uh, kind of what we're doing with mm-hmm. this, so, so what the plan is for this. So, we decided that uh, we would go ahead and start talking about comic books, kind of a secret love that we've both had for a long time, uh, and then... Come out of the come out of the proverbial shadows, if you will, to kind of kind of share our our love for comic books and to kind of get other people to do the same thing, I guess. Uh, so the idea behind comic exposure is what? what what's what's the idea behind it? Yeah, you know, I think it's one of those things that it's gonna. We're figuring out the idea. It's gonna <laughs> unfold as we do a couple of these. Yeah, I mean, yeah. in three episodes, we might be talking about I don't know. Uh, NFL. <laughs> Who knows where <laughs> yeah, this is gonna go? You. Yeah, but, it might happen. Uh, um. As former co-workers, we'd sit around at lunch and we'd, we would just geek out about comic books uh, to the, much of the chagrin of the people around us. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think in 2014, with as popular as comic book media is, mm-hmm. I mean, comic books are everywhere. You see superheroes on everything. Yeah. Um, it's so much a part of the culture now. But sadly, I don't think comic books really are the actual the medium that... All these films, all these licenses, and all this imagery we're seeing, um, the original source material just still is kind of like an underground thing. I mean, you, a kid can have a room strewn with superheroes and all of this comic book uh, um, clutter, but without actually having read one comic book, you I, know? I think you're right. I, th- I think when you look at like a movie like Avengers that makes like a billion dollars worldwide, and I know as a teacher... I'm pretty sure almost every single one of the students who walks in my room has seen that movie. But I'm going to tell you the number of them who have ever picked up and probably even just if just if we said thumbed through yeah. an issue of Avengers has got to be really, really small, really small. Um, so I, I think I think what I would like to do, I think I think what we'd like to do is we decided that what we're going to do is we're going to focus on uh, trades like graphic novels or trades. And then uh, you and I can nerd out and talk about them. And then we can also get people who don't normally read them to come on and talk about it. So like a book club for comic books, kind exactly, of. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and, and that's the best way of putting it. It's, it's a book club for comics. And trades are the best form to do that in. Um, they're quick reads. Uh, we're going to have, if you go to comicexposure.com, you'll always be able to see currently what we're reading. You'll be able to archive past episodes, so if you missed a trade, you can always read it on your own time and listen to the um, podcast. Um, it's going to be spoiler-heavy. I mean, that's, yeah, we're, yeah. Talk, we're going to be talking in-depth about a trade. Um, and the idea of the first two episodes was for each of uh, us, Josh, to expose me to a trade that he's read yeah. that, I probably, that I hadn't been familiar with, and next episode, I will expose Josh... To a trade that I that I really love and um, that he is, was unfamiliar with, um, and then and then 
the hopefully the idea is to bring on other guests, uh, preferably people who may not have a lot of exposure to comics, so kind of get that fresh perspective, what they thought, uh, were, what were some of the um, roadblocks yeah. in reading comics. I mean, I think some people would have a hard time just following where to read. <laughs> you, know? I, you know, that's that's a for sure thing. I always, um, when I taught American history, I used to do, um, I'd have my kids read Mouse. Right, so we read part of Mouse. Um, so Art Spiegelman uh, writing down his father's story when um, he was in the concentration camps in, in World War II. And so he does it in graphic novel form, right? Um, so I had to do like a primer for my students on how to read a comic book. You know, which, oh, yeah. which way you read, how do the panels work. And even after that, there was still, I would have to go around the room and kids would go, okay, I don't. Where, where do I go after uh, this? Yeah, uh, <laughs> so I, I think you're right. And so I think it'll be interesting to, to get some people who don't normally read them. And the trade is kind of the perfect way to do it because um, single issues are just – the story takes a really long time. So if we can do an arc, so six issues or so um, in, in a trade, that makes it a little easier for us to talk about where the story's going and, and gives people a better sense of the story as opposed to just one 22 page or whatever a, a you know a single issue is and they're easier to get a hold of too yeah, I mean yeah. one click on Amazon and you got yourself a trade yeah. for 15 20 bucks sometimes cheaper than that uh, so let's just let's let's jump into it. I mean, uh, we're going to introduce the trade that we, we're going to start off with. But uh, during the conversation, there, there's going to be sidetracked. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 we're, it's, it, we're concentrating on this trade, but we're just using this as a platform to really just geek out about things. Yes. So yeah. um, be be wary. There will be spoilers, and there will be a lot of uh, uh, sidetrack. Yeah, I'm gonna. Right that's probably it's definitely gonna happen. Definitely so. gonna happen. All right, go ahead. Why, why don't you introduce the uh, trades? And so, is your pick this week? All right, here we go. So I picked uh, a trade that um, really was. It's been a while since I, I'd been in, into like comic books normally. So when I was a kid in the '90s, I had I, my dad instead of um, in, instead of getting me an allowance. I didn't get an allowance. I got comic books. So my dad would stop at the comic book store after uh, he would get out of the shop. He worked at General Motors, and he would uh, pick up comic books. And so that's what I got for a long time. So in the, like, the early 90s, mid-90s, that's when I started getting into comic books. And it had been a long time in between. So you go to college. You get married. You have kids. That's, that's where my life went. And so that kind of fell out for me, and I kind of really fell in love with music. But I got back into comic books, and, and one of the books that got me back in was the trade that uh, that we picked. So we picked uh, Profit uh, by Brandon Graham. It's an image comic. Uh, it just finished its actual single issue run, and so now it's on a couple like extra story pieces to it. But it's not in the normal run of it. Oh, so it's it's, it's a whole story arc. Yeah, it's that's... a it's a whole story arc uh, that's that's done. So it's. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to remember what that, the last issue was 45 or something like that. So the first issue starts on 22, which is our 21. Uh, the reason is because it's a rehash of a uh, Rob Liefeld character, Prophet, from like the 90s, which is also part of the reason I was like, oh, I'm going to pick that up. It seems really interesting because I remember Prophet uh, from back in the 90s when Image hit and was huge. Okay, well, let's, let's start there then, because I, I, I want to give these creators their due, because there's a lot of creators in this book, especially artists, and that's yeah. that's, a, that's a whole a chunk of time right there. But let's, okay, I, I really like, first of all, your dad's cheap, man. Get me allowed. It's like, <laughs> no, right? I, like, come on, dad, I can't take a girl out on a date with comic books. Like, I need some cash, well, man. I was pretty, I mean, we're talking like, it was, it was like... Late elementary, you early, were like sixteen. Early, years old. you know, I was not sixteen years old. <laughs> um, 
So it wasn't it wasn't like allowance. It was like when I was ten to fourteen ish, you know, when, when my big comic book. So that like four years of diehard comic book stuff was during that time. So it wasn't keeping me from dating. It was it was uh, that was instead of allowance. I got that. So <laughs> and but okay. So. <laughs> That that's the nineties, yeah. And so, like around what, like, would you say that when you when your first your first exposure to comics was like ninety? Oh man, it's hard. One, I don't two, know if three. I can. Yeah, it's got to be ninety. The first big thing I remember was Death of Superman. I know that's gonna be. It's so it's so cheesy, that's, right? That's my but intro, that's what everybody. Yeah. That's what everybody. It was such a huge thing, Death of Superman. So I had. I had one copy I could open, and then my dad bought the you know the mylar copy oh, yeah. you couldn't see through. Oh, the armband. It had an armband yeah. in it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I had that one, uh, and then it was from there. So it was that whole thing where comic books were comic books were kind of getting really big. So my dad went to the local comic book store. We used to we used to collect baseball cards. That was mm-hmm. the thing. So I had tons of baseball cards. Sleeves upon sleeves of like complete sets of tops baseball cards and stuff like that and and so this was kind of um, my dad and I's bonding moved from from sports cards to to comic books. I think once he realized that I would never actually be good at any sports, we moved on. <laughs> we moved on to comic books. But this is my first sidetrack right here because I, okay. I recently I recently am dealing with this issue. I'm cleaning out a bunch of uh, stuff in my mm-hmm. house, a bunch of stuff I don't need, and came across these. Like um, I don't know, boxes of yeah. tops baseball cards, and I've kept them because that's what you were told to do with yeah. these cards in yeah. the nineties. Like this was going to be your college fund for your kids. Yes. This was going to be yeah. everything. That was going to be it. Can I throw these cards out now? Like I, what do I do with them? How do I get rid of them? Do you just throw them out? Do you give them? Do you donate them? Do you, you try can, to sell them? Like you I have eBay them. I really what I I think most of the ones that I had ended up getting pitched, and then in like forty years I'm going to go. Oh, I should have kept those. Know. Right, you know what I mean? But but uh no, I, I sold some of them. I still have a couple like rookie cards somewhere tucked in. Because I don't want to go through those. No, no. I don't even know who those baseball players are. No, exactly. So I don't even know if it was a good card or not. I just but I don't know. I feel like if I got rid of it, I'm kicking myself. You feel well, you feel bad for I feel bad about throwing anything like that out because you're like, someone would love this. Yeah. Even if even if I don't love it, someone would love it. I don't know. Is there I don't even know if there's a card shop around you could take them into and see if anybody would would pull a mafia for something. Well, in the 90s, we were, that's how we were, that's how we were raised. The 90s about comics, you bagged and board, you bag and board every one of your comics? Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, for sure. I had long boxes full of bagged and boarded comics. As I got older, like when I started to get back into comics, everyone leaves it for a while. I started getting back maybe after college. I'd pick up some single issues. I'd like roll them up, (laughs) kill flies with them. They just get like trash. I just didn't, just, just stop caring about them. Um, so, uh, profit character, the reason I bring that up is when you got in the comics because I think Prophet is uh, a character that came with the uh, Image Comics. It, yeah. it was, uh, Rob Liefeld, it, for those of people who don't know uh, or exposing to this, is a big name in comic books. Huge name. He, he is like the bad boy of comic books, if there is to be <laughs> such a thing. Like, yeah. He was in a Levi's Jean commercial. He was. He was. Um, and he's always kind of had a uh, go F yourself and do it... Um, do-it-yourself attitude. Um, I, and some might say it's even hurt his career at points. But in the early 90s, um, he and another team, a, a team of highly profitable artists and yeah. writers... McFarlane, uh, uh, Jim, Jim Lee... Lee um, 
Rob Liefeld, yeah, the big Rob three. Liefeld, yeah, yeah, the big three, and there's still all these people are still in comics today. They own like their own prints, and it's all there's a whole story there. Oh yeah, and in fact, you just got a documentary. Yeah, on Yeah, there's it, right? a documentary that came out last year, and in fact, I, I plan to watch it uh, for the show today. But uh, for whatever reason, I downloaded it or I got the link. I paid for it, and then they send you a link to download it, and I didn't get the link until like. 10 o'clock today, so mm-hmm. uh, it was like, well, I guess it's a little too late to watch it now, but uh, but it's that whole story, and I remember, you know, these guys, Todd McFarlane was drawing Spider-Man, and he had like really weird web, do you remember like Todd McFarlane's oh, yeah. bizarro, weird-looking yeah. web that he had for Spider-Man, uh, and then those guys just decided that they were, they were going to do their own thing, they were tired of working for Marvel and DC, and they said, you know what, let's do, let's do our own thing, and Rob Liefeld, however much he's derided today for... His artistic draw, his artistic ability, whatever it is, he was huge. Everything was even when Rob Liefeld wasn't drawing stuff, guys were drawing Liefeld style, yeah. huge shoulders, big like pockets, big pockets, yeah. pouches for everything. Yeah, for like a young boy, like that's what you're like, dude. I, I want to get like jacked like, like these characters. They were un, yeah. The, the, Cable. Cable yeah. was huge. Yep. He was gigantic. And people yep. were like, oh, this gun was, there's no way a normal man could hold that gun. <laughs> and, was, and that's why it was awesome when, when I was Yeah, a kid. realism went out the window yeah. when yeah. it came to Image Comics. And one of the characters that he created was this character named Prophet. I think, uh, I don't know too much about the, uh, the old character Prophet coming into this. Uh, Josh, when he said that this is going to be the trade, really the only thing he told me about was... That it was based on a um, a character that was kind of like a small character in the Image universe. What was one of the ones like um, Liefeld made a ton of characters. Like he just like he like every time he went to the bathroom, he thought up four more characters to put in a comic book. So mm-hmm. there was a ton of stuff that he was doing, and, and one of them was Prophet. And I don't I don't remember '90s Prophet. I don't. Mm-hmm. I know that I had it because I've seen the cover of the first one online, and I know I had it. Like I said, so whoever the lady was who was running that comic shop had my dad on lock, right? So my dad came in, and whatever number one came out for you Image, it up. I had it. it was Everyone in, did. It was uh, in his yeah, pool anyway. Yeah, image so, was, yeah. that was huge. Number ones were yeah. everything. So I, I know I had that one. I had, like, I had Bloodstrike number one. I had all those, all those number one issues. I had Spawn one. Strike Force. Max. Uh, Wildcats. Yeah, Wildcats. I had all those. Yeah. And so I remember Prophet, but I, I know that I don't think I had any after issue one, right? It wasn't one that I picked up. Um, so I had Spawn, and that was that was my 90s comic book for sure. Once, once you know, after you get through Spider-Man and, and Superman and stuff like that, that was the one that, that got me was Spawn. But I remember it, and I was like, well, that's a really cool idea to kind of throw back. And, and uh, it starts at issue 21 because it was the 20th anniversary of Image. So they were redoing... A bunch of characters. So they did Prophet, they did Glory, uh, they did uh, a couple others that they did, and they brought back um, those extreme line of comics that, mm-hmm. that Rob Liefeld did, and this was one of them. And the reason I picked it is, although it goes back, you don't need to know anything about Prophet, the original one, to read it. It's just like a, it's a super, super sci-fi sort of sort of. Go through, yeah, because I don't know anything about the other character, and I, 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 I didn't feel like there was any kind of inside, like insidery jokes or winks at the old character that I wasn't getting. 
Yeah. I mean, there there might have been when it came to like some costuming details, you know, as far as that, that when you look at the old prophet, the thing that stands out yeah. is like the headband, yeah, the, the headdress, yeah. uh, which we'll talk about uh, later. Um, so, talk about the, the, the character. Like, who, who is John Prophet in this? What's the, what's the general gist of the story? Which is a tough, which is, a, which is tough to talk <laughs> it about. Is. It's tough to talk about. So, we have to think, it's, this is like thousands of years in the future. Is it 20,000? It's some ridiculous amount of time in the future. I can't remember. I, don't, I can't pull down the exact number. But we are talking super far-flung Earth future. John Prophet um, is... Well, the John Prophet in this issue is woken up out of nowhere, right? So he's been in hypersleep, right? And so essentially he's, he wakes up tasked with a mission that he has to go turn on this satellite and make a call out to the universe. So he wakes up, and the best part of it, the thing that I think about is great, is the first issue of this. I picked up the first issue. In fact, I went to go buy it, but it was sold out, so I couldn't get the the single issue of it. So oh, wow. I got it on, I had to get it through Comixology and read it digitally. So I still don't have the first issue of it. It's on my, it's on my iPad. That the first day, the first one I read was that way. The first issue is, there's like no talking at all. There's the first just, issue is yeah, great. It's, it's awesome. It's fantastic. But there's just a ton of like, what's going on with him. And, and it's going through and saying he wakes up. And uh, the first thing that happens, he wakes up and he's attacked by, this like he wakes up and vomits, right? Isn't that the first thing that happens? Yeah. Yeah. He wakes up and, and pukes, and then he's attacked by a monster. So he wakes up, barfs this thing out, and then is right away attacked by a monster. So th- that got me. And the art style is fantastic. I, I love the artist on on this first issue. On the first issue on here is fantastic. Okay, so let's talk about this. Uh, r- that's a good setup for for what John Prophet is. You don't really need to know much more than that. That it's about this guy who wakes up in the distant. They call it distant future Earth. Yeah. And he's his mission is, and the first the mission itself isn't. It's kind of like a MacGuffin. Like we don't. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to come back later and play a bigger role in the series. Um, but you just need to know that it's in the future Earth and what they. As a reader, for me coming into this, I liked I, I liked the first. Uh, story arc for everything you said. The art yeah. is beautiful. I want to talk about that um, more as well. But I... They don't coddle you at all no, as a reader. No. There is... Your, they don't give you, like, this is a, a conundrum, and a conundrum is a <laughs> uh, a future distant Earth creature that is a mix of this and this. Oh, no. no it, they throw you, you into the world, and you just have to you sink or swim. You either yeah. love it, and you go with it, or you're like, this doesn't make any sense. I quit. Yeah, it, it has this real, like, sort of, I, like, I've read the kind of um, some reviews of it and other people talking about it, and, and the thing that I will hear that I will say that this goes the best with it, it's like Conan the Barbarian in space. This, yep. The first, like, three issues are totally that. Exactly. You have no idea exactly, you know, he has to, he has a mission, he has to go turn on something, but you have no idea any of the stuff that he's encountering is or why he's got any of it. There's, like, a, a thing where it goes through his inventory. Like, there's a panel where it goes through all the stuff he has, and so you're like, oh, he's what? Do you, what's he going to use that for? Yeah, like, it's really James Bond. Yeah, right? yeah. It's just like this, 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 this. Um, yeah, and I, Conan in space is great. I also think it's a lot of Mad Max in it. Yeah, because if you ever yeah. watch a Mad Max movie, you're like, why are they wearing like why are they wearing those outfits? And what is that thing? And what yeah. is <laughs> why would anybody be wearing that? And nothing's explained. Nothing's explained in this either. You just yeah. have to go with it, yeah. which is which is what I, I like about it. At first, I was like, oh man, this is. Am I missing out? Should I have read the first twenty prophets? <laughs> like, is this going to be tough? 
And then everything gets explained. You have, to, you have to be patient with this book. Yeah, yeah. Even the finishing the first trade, I still don't know what it's about. Oh, for sure. I, I am not through this. I have all of the single issues. I am not through them all. Uh, I think I probably I'm somewhere in the late 30s with it. So um, my my pull list got overwhelming, and that one kind of got set aside with some other stuff. So I've got them. I haven't finished it yet. So I don't I don't know where the story goes on it. But it is. It is huge. It's like massive in scope. So, as you read it, what was I'm going to go favorite thing, least favorite thing? Can can, can you pull that off? What was yeah, your favorite thing? Was your absolutely least favorite thing? my favorite thing was this this the first trade is really the, is divided into three separate stories. Yeah, that at some point I'm, I'm guessing are going to merge. They might not, um, but. The the first story that we talked about, the Conan space, John yeah. Prophet, because there are several versions. John Prophet is, think about, like, um, a good analogy would be, like, the Star Wars... Um, yeah, like uh, the clones. The like clones, the, yeah. yeah. And, and there's a... There's, so you don't really know... And this, you don't leave the first trade being like, why there's so many John Prophets? Why are they so different? Why are these things going on? Um, but what I loved is this first... The first John Prophet arc, the Conan in space. It is... Like I, I, it's got everything I love about yeah. like comics. It's, it's. I, I'll tell you the moment that I knew I was gonna like it. It was um, the page he's in this under like is it, gelatinous. Is it, is it when he has sex with yes. the weird? <laughs> it's so weird. So at one point I'm reading this and it's tough because I'm reading like the first couple pages and since this was our first trade, I'm trying to. I'm constantly thinking like, why? Why does Josh like it? Like, the whole thing. I'm like, I'm like, what about this? Is did Josh dig? Which I stopped doing after I got to this point. I'm like, okay, I it's I sold. I get it. Like I, I'm not saying this is why you like it, but I'm like, yeah. I'm like, okay, it's different. This is it. And at one point, John Prophet is in this kind of underground hive yeah. creation thing, and it has layers to it, and all these weird creatures that don't. Atomically makes sense in any, any you, because way. You know that he's on. You find out that he's on Earth, and you're like, "How are any of these things on Earth? It doesn't make any sense." And they're all hideous. Yeah, they're the most hideous so creatures there exist. And at one point, he um, uh, meets up with this hideous-looking alien creature who's, uh, you know, who's who has, a message, sent to meet, him, right? who has yeah. a message for him. But before he can deliver the message, he's like, "We must mate. You must mate with me." Yeah. And John Prophet's just like takes his pants off drops and, and just gets it done. It's crazy. You're like, "What?" You know. And that's that's the weirdest thing is, and I think that's I think that's the that's what got me the book is it is so out there. Like something happens, I'm like, "What just happened?" Is that was that for real? And I think for me, when I first got back into comics, um, I shied away from superhero comics, and I would say that that's changed for me now. I, I read a couple, you know, I've got stuff on my pull list that that's superhero stuff. But when I came back in, uh, I was looking for stuff that wasn't uh, spandex and capes, right? Yeah. So this got me as a sci-fi nerd and as a as someone who. My, one of my favorite books is is Dune. So actual novels is is Dune, and that's oh, so so, many so terribly highbrow sci fi stuff. And so this got me in a way that it was it was so out there, and so it does it doesn't. I don't want to say it doesn't make any sense because the story moves along in a mm. sensical way, but there's it gives you no clue of what's going on. You're you're thrown into a world. And you kind of just have to wade through it with John Prophet, right? Like, so John Prophet wakes up, distant future Earth, and you are right there with him, 
with no idea of what's yeah, going on. Yeah, and you get that sense, too, that John Prophet, the character, doesn't really know what's next. He's kind of driven by, like, an internal engine that just kind of tells him to complete mission. Complete yeah. mission. Complete mission. Whatever it takes. It's just, and he just moves through these, this first mission, at least, just step by step. It's yeah. at the point A, then it's at the point B, point C, and you eat, you fight, you fuck, <laughs> and you do all these things to do what you have to do to get there. Yeah. And it's, 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 so that's a, that's a good analogy that the experience of John Prophet is the experience of the reader reading this. Yeah. You don't, he doesn't know what's going to happen next. He accepts it. He's very accepting of yeah. everything that happens. It's like too accepting <laughs> to a point well, like as he, a character. There's you're like, like one where he's like, he kills something and he eats it and he's like, nope, I can't eat that. And like, yeah. so then he goes and kills something else that he can eat. So you're kind of with him too because you're like, you're going to eat that thing? And then he eats it, and he's like, and he pukes it out, and you're like, oh, I, no, okay, you can't eat that. Thing. Yeah. And then he goes and kills something that he that resembles like a squirrel. So for him, I'm, I'm sure, like he's like, oh, it's a squirrel. I can eat that, as opposed to the weird monstrosity that I that I just tried to eat. Yeah, you know, and he's eating at one point, um, like human human, like yeah. what becomes of humans in the future, like kind of like ape uh, meat. Yeah. Um, and so I, I really like that. I also really liked the creatures. I liked a lot of the, the creatures in um, this book. Um, at one point, there's this great. Um, there's, I think it's contained in one issue. Um, this it's like a big, almost like elephant training. Except they're not elephants. Yeah. They're like the weird future creature version of elephants. And th- it's a caravan that just keeps going through this desert. Because if it stops, these giant mosquitoes will just. Yeah, we'll just suck the life out of you. And, and then the weird thing—I don't know if you notice it—but those, those, the way that those things work is like giant elephant human centipede. Yep. So they're these giant things, and so you feed one of them, and then that one digests, yeah. craps it out, and then you feed the next one. They people shoveling, shoveling, shoveling yeah. the uh, elephant turds into the mouth of another elephant, um, and it's it's so gross. Oh yeah, it's so. And they're like John Prophet. The weird, the thing that I think is really weird is John Prophet looks like none of these people, but he just gets a job doing this yeah. with them, and like they're like, eh, everybody else looks weird, so yeah. you know, like you have to, you have to, you see it as he looks to the aliens just as weird as they look to us, right? So he's not anything different. He just joins up and goes with it. So that was your that you, that hooked you on there. That, yeah. That's where weirdness. What was the one thing that you think made it hard for you to get through it? I would say once we got past the first arc, the okay. first story arc, um, th- there's there's three stories in this first trade. The first one is that one we've been focusing on, and uh, the second one it's a John Prophet waking up on a, a space installation. But this John Prophet has like a tail, yeah. and he's he's running through it, and then that story line in here ends with him kind of falling down to a planet where he encounters. I want to say like other clones of Prophet or yeah, like some other, kind of force, like, other like John Prophets. Yeah. yeah. And so then I I didn't enjoy that one as much. And by the time I got to the third story arc, which is kind of like about this like weird robot creature, <laughs> yeah. like that I I I I feel like I didn't have enough of the pieces to fall asleep. I don't need it all. I, I yeah. like being left in the dark some, but at by the time I get to the third arc, I'm like, okay, they're doing this on purpose. Yeah. Like, they're, like this is, it's, they're going out of their way to keep things, um, I don't, I don't know how to Mysterious. Well, yeah. it's not mysterious, but. Yeah, but it's just, I mean, what, is it, 
is there a person in this robot? Is it just eat? Like, what is it? You well, know, it shows, oh, it shows like the one it's silhouette so, of like yeah, a person. So one of them's yeah. dead inside the robot. So you, so you see that. So one of the robots, um, there's a little robot and a big robot, and the yeah. big robot has a dead John Prophet inside of him. And the little robot, you don't know if he has anybody inside of him or not. But I thought that one was really that one's a really weird story. And that one, Brandon Graham drew himself. So he wrote and drew that one. So that's kind of like Graham's sort of like a graffiti art style. It was. I was that was I wasn't digging the art on that either. So um that was a little bit tough. Um I on its own I'm like, oh that's that's great, but it, like the art for me wasn't like kinda help I think it kinda hindered me in mm-hmm. the story. I was like, okay, if the story is gonna be this kind of mysterious, let me have like a little bit more concrete art. Because the combination of kind of like the like you said graffiti art style nothing's very clear with the plot it, it, it meshed well those two things yeah. meshed well but it's like okay if you're gonna go extreme on one then like <laughs> can, I, can, you, can you bring me back to earth with the other one because even like the first the one I, you know the one I really like the the uh, Conan Barbarian yeah. John Prophet um, the art on that one all these weird things are happening but I could I could the art kept me kind of grounded yeah. because it there were things that I could recognize um and the trees uh, look like trees. Yes, and, yeah. exactly. And so by the time we got to the last one, I'm like, I don't. Where am I? Like, where, yeah. Visually, where am I? <laughs> Story wise, where am I? So I thought that was a little hard. Yeah, and I would say this is as someone who's read farther than this. Mm. That each artist. Uh, so Brandon Graham is kind of the architect of the whole, the whole thing. He he writes the whole thing, but he has like a, a, a like a he has a bunch of artists who are doing this with them. So they're all, like, indie comics guys. None of these guys are big names. They're all sort of indie comics guys. And so each prophet, each iteration of John Prophet has their own artist. So all the stories with uh, Conan the Barbarian in space, that first John Prophet, are all drawn by Simon Roy. And then all the tail one are drawn by... Uh, I can't... I don't even know how to say his name. It's like, it starts with a D. Del Rimple? Deli Rimple? I... How would you... This is like, I should listen to an interview where someone says it right, but... Yeah. I knew... I knew. I was wondering how long it was going to take to right. cross this bridge, too. And, yeah. like, and this is going to happen a lot in comics, because oh, yeah. comic book artists always have like the weirdest names. Yeah. And yeah. so his, his is the, the one with the tail, and I'm going to tell you, that's... I'm going to agree with you, Alan. That one's the one that I didn't... That's the one I didn't like the most, was the tail one. Um, it was still some cool stuff in it. I liked kind of like he's dying the entire time, right? So he's he's like, wherever he's at, the radiation is killing him. Right? That's great. So I, I like so that you can part. kind of see yeah. him falling apart, and then he falls into this gelatinous goo thing that heals him. So he's like a giant. I don't know, like a, what would you what would you describe it as? He's like a giant pink marshmallow. I guess yeah, you can see that, through it. Yeah, exactly. But it looks like a baby. It's like he's inside of a giant pink baby thing, gel made out of jello. It does. Jello. The bubble guy. Yeah, like those the 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 stuff you put bubble bath stuff. Yeah, like Mr. Exactly. Bubbles. Look at Mr. Bubbles. It's like he's inside of a giant Mr. Bubbles, and it like heals him back up. Um, but that was the one story. After that first story is so good. The the first three uh, issues with with. Um, is it three or two? The first ones three. with uh, yeah, the first three issues with that Conan the Barbarian in space are fantastic. You really and you kind of you kind of mourn that. I mean, having it all in one trade because uh, you because you because you read that and then I yeah. flip the page. It's a different artist. Yeah. It's my, the John Prophet that I'm that I grew to like is no longer there. It's different. It's yeah. a different John Prophet. Um, I I started digging the second story when the um, the clone of. Um, 
like the, they're, they're on the space station. John is assumedly alone, but then you find out he's being stalked by like another John Prophet, mm-hmm. uh, who's just like like mutated out. Yeah. It's, oh, the art on that is like it's really it's yeah. frightening. The yeah. art is frightening <laughs> in it. Um, so yeah, I would say that that was. Um, so having the story broken up, I'm going to say, like I said, as someone who read more of it, it continues, and so you get back to see Conan in space. You get back, all these guys, you follow their stories, and they're all happening at the same time. And and, and so I had to go back and read it in single issues, because I don't have the trade, so I went back and read my single issues of it. Um, and I'm going to tell you, I, I stopped at issue six, and I just I wanted to keep going. Because when I first started reading this, every time I would pick up a single issue, because they're a month apart, I would have to go back and read the issue before it. So I would go back and read the issue just before it, because just imagine reading this month, Monthly, a month yeah. apart. It's, it's tough. Just, it's tough. tough. Yeah. Um, you got to binge read it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I as someone who's familiar with, uh, you know, I've, I've read comics like this before that, no. are, that aren't um, mainstream, and they really let the creators just have a field day. I mean, this is someone they're like, okay... Here, you're, we we're investing in you as the creator, yeah. uh, Graham. Do what you wish. Yeah. Um, and I think he knocks a lot of things out of the park in this. I, I I'm gonna get the next trade of this because I, I I understand having read things like this before that it does take time to unfold. Yeah. And I think I think that the payoff for this, and I'm really excited now that I know it's a complete yeah. self-contained yeah. story. It's not just going on. Yeah, it's not going to go on forever. Or until yeah. it's canceled, you know? <laughs> uh, which I w- wish people s- did more. You know, I, and someone had just put on... Uh, I followed a bunch of comic guys on Twitter, and one of them was talking about how he was really upset that uh, She-Hulk was getting canceled, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, She-Hulk will go through 12 issues, and then it's going to be canceled. So essentially two trades. I didn't pick it up until the second trade. Fantastic, by the way. Mm. So we'll probably have to have someone. I want someone to have to read that yeah. so we can talk. Yeah, about I haven't read it. But I've heard because it's things. really good. Um, but he was talking about how he wished that that more comics would do a like arcs and have the story end in an arc, and then maybe you could do a different. Uh, you pick it up again so you could read those arcs separately, and so you wouldn't need to. And so a series could theoretically be canceled for a few years, but not. It wasn't cut in the middle of a run. Yeah. It was just like, oh, we planned out 30 issues um, to run over these couple of years. We didn't have any plans for that, so we can kind of drop the character yeah. or the story for a while. But in five years, if we have a creator who wants to pick it up again, they can start and do their thing. Yeah. You know? uh, well, he was even talking about... Um, so I read uh, BPRD, so... Um I, so that's Hellboy. Yeah. So I picked that up for the while. And the best part about it is they have these self-contained stories that um, you kind of had to know a little bit about the world. But those self-contained stories did a really good job of like, um, here you go. Here's four issues. Here's a story in four issues. You can pick it up. Here's a story in six issues. You can pick it up. And it was tagged on the cover. So they used to do the numbering on him, BPRD, and then it would have like uh, some tags. So whatever it was. Um, uh you know, Plague of Frogs or whatever it was, and they would go one of five. So you knew where you were at. Mm-hmm. And so you could pick up that and just do that arc and be and be like, oh, I really like that story, and put it aside. And, you know, later on, if you wanted to, come back. And so you didn't need... Um, I didn't... So sometimes I feel it's overwhelming when you go look at a comic and you're like, well, that's on issue, like, 120. I, don't know, I can't really get into that because it's... I've lost so much of the story because of that. And I think for the comic exposure part of the podcast, I think that's a huge that's that's a huge issue that needs to be addressed. 
don't freak out because the comic book system itself hasn't figured out the comic no, number no. system. It's it's really arbitrary, and we see that we see how arbitrary that is with the release of the New Fifty Two. Yeah, um, and you're just like, well, num- what are these numbers? And they don't they. I think creators will be the first person to people to tell you they don't really mean anything. It's no. just it's just a way of cataloging the book, and it makes it confusing as hell for yeah. the reader because you're trying because you, sometimes if you are buying single issues, you're trying you're you're going back in time and you're trying to find these issues. You're like, is this the same? Is this X Men two? And he's like, which X book is it? Well, that's, I think that's a problem. Run too. is it? How many how many X Men books are there? Yeah. I look at Batman. How many Batman books are has DC got out right now? And how many have they rebooted the yeah. the? Oh, it's just oh my god! So, how many Batman ones are there? If you were right. to look at how many Batman ones are there, <laughs> how many Batman so many, many Batman, Batman ones. I well, I would tell you that too. You you look and see uh, Marvel's doing their new Marvel now, so they keep relaunching stuff as number ones, and and you know. That's good because it allows people to jump on at a number. That's one. why they do it. And that's why they do it. Um, but at the same time, it, and I think that's I think that's been a good thing. There are people who are kind of upset about it because you know they're kind of scrapping a story they had before, whatever it was, or why call it number we one? We made again? it so far, four hundred. <laughs> you know? Why call it number one again? And I think I think it's really to get people to jump on with it. Um, so I did that with Daredevil. I jumped on with Daredevil because they restarted it over, right? It was a new creative team. And I think that's a cool thing is is that's what I think comics I wish comics would go to that model where we're gonna set up we're gonna do a year of this issue. Then we're gonna switch a creative team and we'll start over at number one. Yeah. And then this creative team will will take it somewhere. And so if you follow that for two trades or one trade or whatever it is, then that's a complete idea and we can go back and, and, and we'll start over again. Like because as we see here, it, starting over doesn't necessarily mean having to tell the origin story yeah. again. Yeah. I mean, you don't. Every time you, if that was true, every time you restart Daredevil, you didn't. You wouldn't have to be like, well, here's him losing his eyesight yeah. and you know gaining these senses and all. And you don't need it. Yeah. Just and if, start and I, it. We know the general gist of the character. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Um, and the rest you can go into. I think it, I think it goes back to uh, Stan Lee's one of his, his famous things is every, it's every comic book is somebody's first comic book. Yeah. So you ha- there has to be all this... The, uh, you should be able to pick up any single issue and understand who the character is because the bubbles say, you know, Clark Kent, you know, uh, little did he know that they, they, he was really Superman and he could he was more powerful than local. He do like every issue. Yeah. And we're like, we get it. Uh, something like Profit is the exact opposite oh, yeah. of that. Oh, yeah. I would... That's why I would... I love this first trade is fantastic. But I wouldn't tell someone... To go, you know what you should do? You should pick up, go ahead and pick up Profit 30. Just start there, right? You can't. There's This is based, this is a run, so it's going to be one huge story arc uh, that you kind of have to read your way through. And and I really, this is this is one of my favorites, and that's why I picked it, is because it's one of my recent favorites um, that, that I thought, you know what, uh, as a sci-fi kind of nerd, um, this is something that really hooked me, and I, I thought, like, I wanted to share how nerdy, or how out there this yeah. book was with somebody, and, and and just to like have someone else go, oh yeah, no, that's totally out there, you know? Yo, no, it is. It's completely out there. Um, I, and I dug it. I, I I I read this all one night, and then I went back through and picked out certain parts that I wanted want to talk about. Is it is? It's 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 it's, it's a quick read. Yeah. Because you don't put it down, but you you it does take work to yeah. read this. Yeah. Um, 
I would say, I don't know, would you recommend this to someone who has never read a comic book before? I would, recommend, I would recommend it to someone who, I would recommend it to like a sci-fi, someone who really likes sci-fi who hasn't read a comic book before, because I think they're used to being thrown into something. You know, they're used to being thrown into a world and where you just kind of go, oh, that's how it works, mm-hmm. right? So I think this I would recommend to someone. I probably wouldn't recommend this to someone who's like, you know what, I'd like to read a comic book. You know, yeah. I'd recommend it, unless they were, like I said, someone who was really into sci-fi. Cause the, yeah, it's a good point. That's the, that's the perfect way of saying this. I, I think that it's a genre-based... They're just doing really cool things with the yeah. genre. Yeah. And they're mixing up the landscapes, and you do. It's... I think one of the reasons people like sci-fi is being thrown into these worlds yeah. and then building the world up as we as you go. And this this book does that. And but at the same time, I would be remiss about giving this to someone who hadn't read a comic and was just looking to read a comic. You know? Yeah, I probably wouldn't. Unless do that. they were maybe like an art student. Yeah. Whoa. Well, oh, because totally. yeah. because the the art alone, I think you could just geek off of that. It's like because and you're as we as we develop these shows, you'll see that. Um, I'm pretty ignorant as far as, like, pencil strokes and, you know, like, what to call this, you know, that type of style or, or this type of style. But just looking at it, I mean, all these things, I, there's so many things in here. I'm like, oh, I want that framed on my wall. Oh, I want that oh, yeah. framed on my wall. I mean, just this, look at this page alone. It's just the co- yeah, the covered issue the, five yeah. is fantastic. There's so, many, there's so many parts like that that are just... And I think that's the cool thing about Profit is there are so many different artists working on it. And later on, in a single issue, there will be three different artists because the stories start to come together. So you'll see one John Profit, and so two panels on a page will be that one artist, and the rest of the page will be the artist who's following the other John Profit. Yeah. So they really start to mix it up. So it really ends up being um, the art matches the character. Yeah. So that, that kind of really goes with, with that. it. I, I wonder how old these guys are because... So many of these things, uh, like the the shapes and the references, we talked about Mr. Bubble reference yeah. <laughs> earlier. There's a lot of like this third, this last series, the one with the robot in it, has so much Star Wars kind of uh, related like architecture in it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I wonder what the you you could tell that these these I'm guessing they're probably around our age because a lot of their visual references seem to be. They're very familiar. Yeah. Like, when you see that caravan of the elephants in the first John Proctor run, you're like, man, this, this, it's completely foreign, but I recognize this. Yeah. I recognize well, it, it almost, this. It's almost kind of like uh, the Lord of the Rings elephants for a second, right? Like when they're Yeah, that's out, a great, yeah, so that that's it, car- yeah, that's caravan it. Caravan of them in the Lord of the Rings. And then, um, and actually, there's one more after the robot, too. So there's one that's really got an anime vibe to it after the robot. And so... I think so, isn't it? Yeah, there's like one more. There's one short story no, at the end. There's one. This one. Yeah. So this oh, one. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's like one more issue after the after the weird robot issue that's got like a real sort of anime vibe to it. Um, yeah, that was a weird. That was a weird issue too. Be, well, because there's three John Prophets hanging out, and so you end up seeing like all but one of them die, right? And they fight yeah. this giant monster and the dude has a sword he grew that spits acid. Yeah. So <laughs> it would it's it, it part of it it's it's like if you ask a little kid to make a story up on the spot, <laughs> he's got a sword. Okay, what does the sword do? It spits acid and you're like, okay, I'm drawing it, I'm drawing it. <laughs> then what happens is a big dumb creature, just a big big uh, what does it look like? Like uh, an elephant? No, it's just like a big big 
blob. <laughs> right? It is. It's like, okay, a, giant, it attacks a, big it's like blob. a giant rock monster looking thing. And at first it looks like a worm, but then you see that it has a hand. And so there's a dog thing that talks. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how that's how out there this one, this, this series is, is you go from like... Um, giant worm creature with a rock monster thing in one issue to you know a space station and another issue to him on this caravan shoveling elephant poop into another elephant kind of uh this sort of it jumps from world to world and there's some space travel stuff in here so there's the one episode with the one with the robots and they they jump through uh, the wormhole, the wormhole, yeah, yeah. like man-made wormhole thing. That was really cool. I and, like that. And yeah. so that's like a cool little concept that's in there. So there's all this stuff going on, and it seems like this first trade is packed with. If you can imagine something in sci-fi, it is in this thing. There's like a giant man planet outside yeah. of stuff. It's so. It reminded me of this one. Reminded me of like the um, the brain from uh, Ninja Turtles, like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah, there's there's something very familiar about this. I haven't put my been able to put my just on some of this art style. Like yeah. it, it, it takes me. You turn a page, you're like, wow, this takes me to something. Like yeah. I don't know what this is, but um, and that's that's the other thing. That's why I say it, it's a quick read because you want to keep reading it, but it is a slow read because there's so much to look at and try to figure out. Like I'm looking at this page right now, like this man Earth, and you you have to really like examine it. To figure out, okay, what's going? Oh, it's like he's tucked his head in there. He's got little feet, and yeah, you know. and you can see like on on that panel, there's like you can watch the trajectory of the robot. So it's cool because instead of showing you like however many panels it takes for him to go around the giant man rock, they've just done it in one panel, so you can see him go around the rock. So you see the robot do that, and so all these little art things you could just spend like yeah, it just look at one panel to see all that's going on with it. And there's a ton of stuff going on, and I think that's the other thing as as like an art nerd, like someone who really I will tell you that eighty percent of why I'll pick up a book is based on what the art looks like. Yeah. So if I could be really interested in something, but if I crack it open and I'm like. Nope. I will close that back up, and I'll say no to it. But I think that's why the first why the first issue really got me is it looked Conan the Barbarian in space, but it's got like a really cartoony sort of vibe to it, right? Mm-hmm. But like weird cartoons. I also like the one thing I one of my favorite things about about this is that every time that there's a an action, it's like spelled out. So it's oh yeah, it's fantastic. It's yeah. like vroom, and it's <laughs> literally spelled out vroom, and it's it's like super cartoony block letters to show it to you. So. That harkens back to this really old comic book style. It reminds me of like '60s Batman with the zap yeah, and the pow. Exactly, yeah. Um, and Which so, is fun to read. People yeah. kind of glance over those things a lot, but if you can really kind of, it's have fun with the sound, trying to yeah. trying to figure out what it would sound like. That can kind of make the reading experience a lot better too. We tend to just. I remember I was reading superhero comics and skip all the sounds. You know, people would be like Wolverine Schnink, and I'm like, oh, "What is that?" Like, that's what it says on the page. I'm like, "Oh, I've skipped that." Over here. <laughs> I don't really pay attention to that. In my head, I just, I just, I just made the sound <laughs> <laughs> like that. That's how we write out Schnink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was. I mean, do you, is there anything else that you want to talk about on this one? Or I would, I would say that. If you are into sci-fi and uh, and like not light sci-fi, not like oh, it's the future world. This is not a kids book. No, either. no, no. I would. I, it's definitely not a kids book. It's def- well, but I would also say that it's not really 
It's not graphic like no, no, like you... Walking Dead is graphic, but it's mm-hmm. definitely it's definitely got some violence in it, um, and it's definitely it's a, it would be a tough read for a kid. I, I definitely wouldn't go, hey, you should read this kid, but well, because the I mean, we didn't talk much about like the character John Prophet himself, yeah, uh, but I, is he, he's just the base of what kind of like all morals. I would say there's the moral. There shouldn't be like kind of like a code in him, yeah. but like is that like. And, not, and how do they differ, and like what makes the John Prophets different? Yeah. Um, and there seems to be a suggestion of an old man prophet, like a controlling, like the original yeah. John Prophet. Well, there's like there's, mother prophets. So yeah. We see like one mother prophet who's like controlling all the other ones, and she's just like like a like a baby with a giant head. Like yeah. that's what it looks like a giant prophet head. Um, and so there's that overlying, and I would say like the first John Prophet, there is that kind of code because he sees. He overhears some people talking about assassinating the king. That's a great. And, and he's like, I can't lip. let that happen. Oh, right? it's so good. <laughs> and it yeah. talks about, you know, it's like, I can't let that happen. That's terrible. Even though it'll get in the way of my mission, I can't let that stand. And he's done so many other, like, debased things. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I, and he kicks himself for doing it. Because it, um, that one, I, w- I won't spoil that one in case you haven't read this. This is the first episode, but. The, you you you're like oh this is very familiar this is what this happens and they totally flip it on yeah, its head and yeah. you're like oh that's great yeah it's, fantastic. That coming and it's, it's really great. good so yeah I, I would say uh, if you're a sci-fi person pick this up like not just I wouldn't say oh you like this I would say if you're in the sci-fi this is something you need to read yeah I think I think it's I think it's it's a, I think it's a really good piece of science I never heard of I never heard of it until you mentioned it to me. And I never, I never, I never, I don't remember ever walking by and seeing this on a stand, any of the profit stuff on yeah. a stand. And I've been in out comic stores over the last five years, and I don't remember ever ever being displayed or people even talking about it. I listen to other comic book podcasts yeah. and reviews, and I've never heard people mention it, or at least anything that made me that's made it stick out. So it's out there, and I think this is kind of an undiscovered gem. I think by a lot of even comic book fans themselves. Yeah, I think I think the art's fantastic. Even though there's like a ton of different styles, I love it for the art. I love it for like the weirdness of it. So I would totally, I totally recommend it to someone who likes sci-fi. I, even if you're not into comic books, this is like a cool way for a sci-fi kid, uh, some, somebody who's into sci-fi, to break into kind of like comic books to find something that they connect to. You know? Yeah. All right, that's um, Profit One Remission, and. Um, do you know how many trades there are total? Uh, phew, let's see which one just dropped. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the quick internet check. Yeah, and we'll go uh, profit. Uh, pro, wait, prof. And we'll um when we do when we put stuff up online for next week, uh, I'll I'll try to link it to um, Amazon so you can just go from our site and, and buy it there. Or if I find a cheaper spot to buy it on, sometimes you can get it uh, cheaper off other sites. Um, but yeah. We don't want this to break anyone's bank either. I think that's another great thing about doing trades is, you know, most trades aren't aren't super expensive. And I think profit is something, too, that I'll keep, but it's, it's one of those things that it's great to have on your shelf because if someone comes in, they're like, what's that? Oh, like, you could pull it off. This, you can really cater to someone's specific yeah. taste yeah. with this book. Like, this is – it's just something that – if someone is into sci-fi, this is something that you would feel good about giving them. Be like, oh, you, you, have you read Prophet? They're like, no. They're like, oh, take it. Yeah. Give them the book. Hand them the book. And if they're if they're truly fans of the genre, I, I can't see them not liking this. Yeah, I would say it looks like Prophet Volume Three came out. It looks like Prophet Volume Four is coming out in this February. 
So there's like three there's three trades you can pick up, and it looks like trade four comes out February 17th, uh, so 2015. So it, this would be a real easy one to catch up on. It it's three trades. Um, it's it's so pretty too. So not only is it not only is it nice to read through, but it looks gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So I find myself going back to look at issues just to go, oh man, that's that's such a rad way to draw a, stuff. So, a really, I mean, I'm just looking. It's a, a regular paperback trade, but it's 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 glossy print. It's it's pretty thick paper, you know. So it's 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 just it's a good book to like just hold and go through. Yeah, it's um it's not um. And I think that the first trade that that really the first trade like, was really tre- cheap, wasn't it? I think uh, yeah. Image did a thing where they were trying to get uh, more people to pick up these round of new books they put out. Um, so the first trades were like ten bucks. Mm-hmm. This was nine ninety nine. Yeah. So they they put a really cheap price on this first trade. So Glory came out at nine ninety nine. This one came out at nine ninety nine. Uh, so you could probably get it on Amazon for pretty cheap, I would say. But it's it's a really it's a really good read. I really liked it. And that's why I mean, that is why that's why I told you to read it is because yeah. I liked it. So no, I dig it. I dig it. I'm gonna get the next trade, um, and I don't know if there, there's gonna be how many. I because I, if I have to wait for another trade to come yeah. out, I'm gonna forget the whole story. Oh, I know. It's tough. It's tough. So here's what I'm gonna tell you. I've got the single issues you can borrow. Just go through it. Um, so. Um, if you saw Interstellar and you thought that was rad, re-profit, oh yeah, re-profit. that's good. Yeah. That's, a good super, that's a good. Some super heady sci-fi stuff. Some, Event Horizon, yeah, kind of good. Like yeah. in there too, some of that in there. All right, so that's kind of like the gist of of how. I mean, we'll shape it. Yeah, we'll show up some yeah. more. But I, I don't know. I think we'll. I think we'll. So what, you want to tell everybody what's up next? Yeah. Or? All right. So if you are still listening, um, <laughs> then uh, maybe next uh, for next podcast, you uh, you want to start preparing for that. Uh, I, I can't give you the official release date of the next one. Uh, I think we haven't, Josh and I haven't really talked about, I think we want to get, a, a, you know, do maybe do, do at least two a month. Yeah, know, I figured, I figured like, two yeah, bi, bi-monthly. Yeah, so we, we, no. we kind of got a head start on, on the next couple of books. The next book um, is uh, my pick to expose Josh to, and that is uh, Preacher Volume 1. Ooh, I'm I'm excited about talking about preacher. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you about. It. I'm excited, I want to know. I'm not even going to say. I'm not going to yeah. say what I want to yep. know because I want to ruin it. But it's, it's, uh, Garth Ennis and uh, Steve uh, Dillon, um, and um, yeah, it's it's a longer one. The volume one is a longer one. Uh, they they package that in different ways. I think it's two. Go, I think it's like two trades. It's, it's two essentially trades. Twelve issues. It's two trades. Um, uh, so yeah, it's tw- it's it's there's a lot of there's a lot of dialogue in it. Yeah. So. That's one. If you want to listen to the podcast when it comes out, you know you want to get on that. You're gonna yeah. want to get on yeah. that one. Um, and um, yeah, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next trade. Yeah, we will. Ooh, I like that. Uh, I like that. We'll we see gotta you next start. Trade. We start working uh, on our. That's good. We got that on we'll our sign offs. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs>